lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, Aaron McIntyre, and Todd Erzin. They're here as well. If you'd like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you're looking for samples of this show that you can uh, share with other people, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. If you listen to the podcast version of this program, please make sure to leave us a five-star review if you like the way we do things around here. It certainly helps us to grow the show. The more of those we get, thousands of you have done this on our behalf already. Please uh, continue doing so. And thank you to all of you that already have done so. Uh, and then, of course, right now, we've got the best time ever to become a Blaze TV subscriber. Uh, you can go to blazetv.com slash dace. Use my name, Steve, as the promo code at blazetv.com slash dace. They'll slash $30 off the cost of an annual subscription. Comes out to like $5 and change a month. I have to believe we're worth that. If we're not, I guarantee there's at least another of the myriad of shows we have here at Blaze TV that are worth it. $5 and change a month is all it will cost you for the next year to be a subscriber here to Blaze TV. So you don't miss anything that we and anybody else does, including the overtime, which is the bonus mini episode we do every broadcast day exclusively for our Blaze TV subscribers. Coming up today, we will not have our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz just could not muster the woe and lamentation because he's heading to the hospital today for to pick up uh, their family's brand new baby girl. So we have, have essentially have discovered the antidote to the perpetual furrowed brow of one Daniel Horowitz. And it is, he finally gets to bring home from the hospital his own little princess. So he is taking the week off from the woe and lamentation. In his place, we will talk to somebody who is writing today for the American Spectator with a similar view following the data that we have expressed on this show. And so we're going to compare notes and we're going to do that a little bit later on. Before that, of course, we'll have plenty of buy, sell, or hold. And until then... And before we get to all of those other zany hijinks, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by not knowing how to count. I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. Right now, we're still recording it. And we'll, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to market as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now now that those if someone dies with COVID-19 we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. That's Dr. Deborah Burks of the White House Coronavirus Task Force speaking to reporters yesterday. Apparently someone who dies of a heart attack and tests positive for COVID-19 is counted as a COVID-19 death. So that's cool. What's also cool is that one of the models being cited by the White House Coronavirus Task Force from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington has once again downgraded and revised their forecast 
forecast and modeling for the spread of the pandemic. It now estimates around 60,000 Americans will die of the Wuhan coronavirus within the next few months, with a peak in hospital resource use happening in three days from right now. Remember, Dr. Burks and Fauci said just last week 100 to 240,000 Americans dying would be a best-case scenario. Dr. Fauci, your thoughts? Some of you know I've the greater proportion of my professional career has been defined by HIV AIDS. And if you go back then, uh, during that period of time when there was extraordinary stigma, particularly against the gay community, and it was only when the world realized how the gay community responded to this outbreak with incredible courage and dignity and, and strength and activism, that I think that really changed some of the stigma against the gay community, uh, very much so. I see a similarity here because health disparities have always existed for the African-American community. But here again, with the crisis, how it's shining a bright light on how unacceptable that is. Meanwhile, in Florida, these idiots aren't social distancing very well, according to ABC News. Uh, These people are in line to apply for unemployment benefits. Dr. John Ioannidis, an epidemiologist at Stanford, was interviewed recently about his thoughts on how America is handling the Wuhan coronavirus. We are struggling to understand how much different it is in its potential to kill people, to cause severe damage, compared to uh, what uh, has been going on every year. This is where the big debate is, and unless we get the denominator of how many people they are infect- it's, it's infecting, it would be very difficult to get a reliable answer. We have gone into a complete panic state, uh, measuring so far uh, a sizable number of deaths, but nothing, nothing close to the total cumulative mortality that we see both in this country and around this world. I I think that uh, that panic component and that uh, uh, overemphasis of media attention is probably making things worse. Thinking of a society that is uh, uh, just uh, entirely imprisoned and uh, telecommunicating uh, is uh, is a very different beast and it's something that I'm not even sure that it is tenable. It it creates a very different environment. It creates a different environment for our ethics, for our ability to socialize, for for democracy, uh, for what it means to be human, for uh, what it means about our perception of risk and our perception of uh, how to deal with risk. I think it's very early to doom our world in a future that seems uh, really horrible. And finally, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has some thoughts about masks. If people want to wear a mask, uh, that is okay. It protects others more than it protects you because it prevents you from breathing or, or, or speaking uh, moistly on them. Oh, what a terrible image. And that's what happened while we were away. There's a few people I'd like to speak moistly on this morning. <laughs> moistly upon the run and tell that, homeboy. All right. So so he's, he's now graduated, as you said, Aaron, from President Fauci to Philosopher King. Yes. That's, that's great. Yeah. Maybe today at the, uh, uh, at, at the press avail, we can find out how coronavirus is unduly impacting pansexual vegan lizard people. Yep. Unfairly 
uh, targeting them yeah. as well. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. You know, with all the talk about coronavirus, people have stopped talking about the flu. Well, and apparently everything else. We, we've cured the flu. We've cured pneumonia. We've cured heart attacks. We've cured it all. It's a miracle. And it's a, it's a coronavirus miracle, men. Everything's been cured. We got to get Bjork to do all this coronavirus. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? I, I got to warn you up front. There's no smart arguments that remain to doing this. Like there's none. I hate, and I'm always the one that tells you don't fall for straw men. All of the arguments for continuing to do what we're doing are all straw men. They're, they're all bad. They're all bad. They're bad. They're bad. So I'm at the point now where it's just, I got nothing left for you but snark. Now, I, 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 I have, I've lost, I, I poured out a drink offering of empathy yesterday trying to figure out what was the what was the most empathetic end game I could come up with for for uh, for overlords Fauci Burks but after what was pulled last night by Madame Burks I, I'm I have none left I'm out of empathy now and I, I minus empathy only Nehemiah levels of yanking out beards and hurting people snark remain and that's where I'm at now so I'm gonna warn you that's you just need to know today. I'm out. I'm I'm out of analytical empathy. I, I'm I'm fresh out. Uh, I just um, it's just dumb now. It's just and, and and it's just all dumb. It's dumb on dumb, dumb times dumb, dumb and dumber dumb, dumb. And the dumber it gets, the snottier I get. So pray for me or not. To quote the great prophet. Terrell Owens. That's my quarterback. <laughs> well, the reason we're not talking about the flu is coronavirus has apparently cured it all. However, flu season isn't even over yet. In fact, last year, you know, it went well into April as it killed about 61,000 people and administered 41.3 million infections. Did you know that? Or, or data is now, uh, that's a conspiracy theory, yes. right? Yes. Okay, my, my, I'm sorry. All right. Well, one of the best ways to avoid getting sick is a healthy immune system, unless you live in Canada. One of my little birdies sent me an announcement from the Canadian Health Ministry that says, no, what you eat has no bearing on your immunity system. Except the largest immunity system in the body. Do you Are guys you know where kidding? it's located? No, that, I, that's what it said. I've read it. My, he, sent, he sent me the actual image. They're speaking moistly in Canada. Of course, can you smell what that moisture might be? Pretty hot. Indeed. Indeed. Which is why you want to fortify your body every day. Unless you live in Canada, then it doesn't matter. Right? Take in all the trans fats you want. Eat whatever you want. Doesn't change. Won't change your health or immune system at all in Canada. But here in the United States, however... All right. Um, you want to check out Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. One scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified fruits and vegetables. Apparently, they don't certify those things in Canada because it doesn't matter what you eat there. Um, and these are the things that help to boost your energy and support a healthy immune system. 
uh, which is missing from a lot of our diets nowadays. And you know what? It's, it, it's even worse right now. You can't go to like your favorite uh, deli and get a, your your favorite salad right now. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why you want to take advantage of Field of Greens right now. 15% off your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. Offer code Steve when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Even Noah likes this. And even though I have punished, I have threatened him. That was a Freudian slip. Even though I have threatened him with near death that during a pandemic, he is not allowed to be a picky eater. We're still having some teachable moments over at uh, the Days Homestead where this is concerned. No way. (laughs) Yeah. It's going great. But he does at least drink Field of Greens. He will at least drink that. All right. So get 15% off your first order right now at BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com. I think, I mentioned this earlier, I, I think last night we reached a pivot point, in my view. I, I think we moved beyond debate to farce. I, I think it's just a farce now. So yesterday's White House coronavirus press briefing, um, you you had Debbie Burks admitting now. Because when these CDC guidelines came out recently, a lot of people were like, you know, it reads to me like they're going to do what Italy did. Now, what did Italy admit to doing? Italy admitted a month ago now, almost. They admitted that they were counting every death. Anybody that tested positive for COVID-19, I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, I I guess we we cured... suicide now too if i if i jumped off a bridge but i you know they they found covid19 in the uh in the in the autopsy then i mean that's a coronavirus death suicide is cured and you know why this question i believe came up see this is not the kind of question the white house press corps would normally ask no they they instead they would want to know what anthony fauci thinks about the racial disparity of coronavirus affection afflictions and then can you again wax poetic on 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 the normative ties between uh, the struggle for gay rights and uh, the hiv epidemic of 35 years ago that that, those are normally when, when they're done when they're not telling you not to take a promising treatment because Donald Trump has like 50 bucks worth of stock in it or something. Right. That, right. That, that would, that's what your typical White House press briefing is. But yesterday, an actual question was asked. That was good. Mm. Good. A good question. And you know why I think it was asked? Because the New York Times ran a column yesterday from a cardiologist in New Haven, Connecticut. So in the tri-state area there, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Um, ran a column from a New Haven, Connecticut uh, cardiologist asking, where are, where are all my heart attack patients? People have just stopped having heart attacks. Doesn't make any sense. It was like, nobody's coming in for, no one is coming to the hospital for a stroke or for a heart attack. I believe he wrote, they see like, was, was it 25 a day or a week or some crazy number? I don't know, okay? But he's, he's like wondering, I mean, did we cure heart disease? And he just wasn't, a, he, was, he, was, he was not given the memo. He was on the unawares. How did he not know strokes magically cured now too? See, I think the fact that the New York Times ran that column is why you got an actual medical question yesterday, which is why I said a few days ago, what we need is a better class of media bias. 
at least send your anti-Trump medical people to these debates. I'm sorry, Freudian slip again. Press conferences. At least send your anti-Trump medical reporters and analysts to these press conferences so that we could at least get a biased medical debate as opposed to the increasingly stupid one we get now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's because the New York Times ran this column. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't think it's a coincidence that on the very day, the New York Times decided to practice something called journalism. On that very day, an intrepid White House reporter attempted it. Do you think it's a coincidence? It might be. Nope. I don't think it is, though. And then we got our answer. Apparently, we're not any better than Italy. I was operating under the silly assumption we were. But we're not. We're just going to do their dumb like them. We're, we're going to do what, what they did. So that prompted me to look at the latest numbers. Because now you're telling me, listen, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I've watched Matt Stafford quarterback our team for the last 10 years earning the nickname Pad Stafford because of the amount of stats that he usually rolls up in games we lose. I know what Pad in the stats looks like. I, I watch Detroit Lions football games, all of them. I know what a, I know what padded stats looks like. <laughs> all right. So even with the padded stats this morning, as of 8 a.m. Eastern, 0.03% of Italy's citizens have died from coronavirus. And that is with counting, that is with Operation Bjork in full effect. Oh, it is coronavirus. That's with Operation Bjork in full effect. 0.03% of Italians have, have perished because of coronavirus. As for our country, so far, 0.004% of Americans have perished from coronavirus. 0.004%. 53% of those sad deaths occurred in New York and New Jersey alone. 34 states. 34. How many, uh, how many states do we have, President Obama? That's out of the 57 we have. 34 states, even with this stat padding, are recording 100 or fewer deaths. That's with counting everything. Everything remotely possible. Every infection of every person that tests positive that dies, no matter what the underlying cause, no matter what pre-existing condition were on their charts, no matter what. 34 states have 100 or fewer deaths. Even with this stat padding, you know what, listen, if I haven't cheered you up already, don't let me bury the lead. The really good news is on its way. Even with all this stat padding, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation model from the University of Washington that now is your Skynet, it runs the world, was revised down this morning for a third time. Because even with just adding bodies, they can't keep up with their doomsday projections. So this morning, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, as Aaron told you, revised their countdown to 61,000 deaths. That's down another 20,000 from just this week. 
Well, Steve, it's because the social distancing is beginning to work. Except the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation simulation has been assuming ideal or maximum social distancing through the end of May the entire time. They're already assuming that in their model. And as we learn from President, Pope, Philosopher King, Potentate, Cosmic Galactic Overlord, Anthony Fauci, a model is only as good as its assumptions. And they've been assuming we're all dutiful little drones and not waiting in line in Florida all day to file unemployment or in Wisconsin to vote. They've been assuming we're not doing that while doing these revisions down. We had, they told the White House, we, we had to extend this another 30 days last week because the worst was yet to come. And now they tell us that in the next three days, we're going to see peak hospitalizations. Well, blow me down with a Russian olive. I mean, that's a knee slapper. It's another coronavirus miracle. I won't say Christmas miracle because we probably won't be allowed to have that this year. This is a farce now. It, the, debating this is beneath my mediocre intellect. It's beneath my intellect. And you've got to go low to get there because I failed the quick trip managerial exam. This is a farce. It's an absolute farce. It's a joke, and the joke is on us, and we, the joke is on ourselves. It is time, Mr. President, to see outside the Beltway and New York City at the rest of the country, you know, the people that actually voted for you, it is, it is time to see outside the rest of the country and stop now. The, these bureaucrats are now, going to let, are, are now going to use your office, sir, to justify their apocalyptic calculations. At this rate, we might find out there wasn't a single pneumonia death in America in 2019-20, this entire season. They were just, all this COVID now, all this, all, everything is coronavirus and coronavirus is everything. We'll just keep retconning this. Because, you know, the bureaucrats never admit they're wrong. Never admit they're wrong on their FISA warrants. Never admit they're wrong on their climate alarmism, white papers. Boy, that, that story is out now again today, too. Did you see that? That uh, you cannot reverse pollution, but we have managed to do it. Well, I think it was the yeah. New York Times ran that piece as well. Yeah. Because, you know, to the, it was never a coincidence that the solution to this was a proto version of the Green New Deal. We were joking that they were going to say this like two weeks ago, and now it's actually in the New York Times now. They actually did go that line from Avengers Endgame. Hey, you can actually see the fish in the, in the Hudson now because the people are gone because you're the virus. Capitalism is the virus. Enough. Enough of this now. It's a farce. It's a complete and total farce. It is a joke. And the joke is on us. Did you see that some conservative blue checks are now saying that in reaction to this, actually, 
actually, yes, there's a death undercount, undercount Steve. And part of their yeah. rationale for this, this is what's great, is that they're well, this they're actually starting to admit, well, it the virus has been around longer. So there are people died of coronavirus before we actually started counting. So but they only want that theory for this death count. They don't right. but they don't care that if they start believing that, it yes. blows up everything yep. about the curve, just yep. like we've said from the beginning. Because what question did this show ask three weeks ago? How do you flatten a curve if you don't know when or where it began? Do you know the answer to that? No. Do you know why you don't know the answer to that? Because you can't. Because there isn't an answer to that. Exactly. You cannot flatten something when you don't know what you're flattening. What am I flattening? Am I being unfair? I just, I'm not going to ask you. I just told you you weren't. I, 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 you're, you're a terrible influence. I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask the guy who goes home to a caregiver every, every night. Am I being unfair? No. No. I think you're, you're articulating most of, of what we talk about, actually, on a day-to-day basis. When she gets back from work, I mean, g- goodness, goodness gracious. I mean, this is, um, th- this is akin to, I, I kind of like this example. We're at the point now, Candace Owens, I think, brought this up on Twitter today. We're at the point now where when people started to figure out that pro wrestling was actually fake, but they didn't care. They just wanted it anyway. I- I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe we're at that point with with some, of course, the left, you know, left America, they, they love them some fear porn. But I think things are so entrenched now as well that you're just literally contorting yourself in order to pull more stuff out of out of your uh, out of your butt in order to justify your fear and your panic and the, 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 the continued shutdowns. And I, I don't know what the antidote to that is other than revival of some sort. I really don't. A Democrat in the White House. And that. Put a Democrat in the White House, you can have your country back. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's not a joke. It, it, well, it is. It's funny, but it's, it's, that's faux shizzle, okay? Either you must have a glorious vaccine that will be administered to all 8 billion uh, earthlings. Of course, a vaccine that we, there's a better chance we'll never have than actually will. You must either have that or a Democrat in the White House. One of those are your those are your two quickest paths to getting your country back yes. at this point, unless you get the president you elected to act on your behalf and not Debbie Burks and Anthony Fauci's. Maybe to, maybe who, who knows? Who knows what philosophical meanderings Silvertongue will bless us with here later today, Todd? What do you think? Oh, yeah. Not, I do get to that's uh, that's outstanding. It, that, you've never said anything nicer to me than I'm a terrible influence on you. I, I'm, I'm very very proud of that. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, this is and that's the, the important. That's the part about this that has always been the hoax, not the virus. Yep. The the motivations of the people. Yep. That are using the virus to achieve ends that we've seen for 
years now. Google is essentially to achieve Google otherwise. is essentially going to impose the social credit system that it was doing in China last year. Google is essentially going to impose this on the United States right now. It says, hey, we'll help you track where your people are at, and you can even track other people if you would like. That's exactly what they were going to help the Chinese mm-hmm. impose on the. What is what is the point of who who cares? Like, it, you know what? I'm in a snark mood, so I'm just going to say it. I love Ted Cruz. He's all hawkish right now about what the origin of the virus is. If I worked in his office, you know what I'd look at him right in the eye and say? It doesn't matter exactly. what the origin of the virus is when, this, when the cure is we treat our people the way the Chinese treat theirs. The enemy's here. The enemy's here right now. How did we react? By becoming more like China. It doesn't matter. It, the origin of the virus doesn't matter when we decide we're going to behave like the people who gave it to us. That's the enemy. It's right here in our own midst. That's where the battle is at. Preach. Preach. We, this is not, there's not going to be some calm when we get back to regular life. There's no regular life anymore as we knew it. Know it. I mean, we're, we're going to go play some games again like that. But you can see everybody is dialing up uh, their, their battle armor to go to war at a different level after all this. There's no calm in the storm. You better be ready for what's to come because from from Google to civil liberties to all that stuff, uh, they're not going to stop. That's why he should he could that's why he made a huge tactical blunder expanding this on 30 days a week ago. Cuz that sent, that sent them the signal that that showed weakness on his behalf. He needs to banish Fauci Burks and show strength. That's what he needs. More in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Several of you have sent me the meme of the skydiver jumping out of a plane without a parachute. And the caption... Killed by coronavirus. Normally, I would say I got the message. Actually, just keep sending it to me. I, I enjoy it every single time I look at it. I've enjoyed it so far. Hold <laughs> me, because that's essentially what uh, that's essentially what uh, Madame uh, Burks uh, decreed we are doing last night. Hey, you jump out of an airplane without a parachute, but after you land, you know they take your splattered remains on the ground and the asphalt, and they find out that you know you tested positive for COVID nineteen. That's a coronavirus death, right? It's every bit as logical as arresting dads and their children on a playground. For playing T-ball. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. that hasn't happened, Todd. Except it, it, except when it, it did, didn't it? Except when it did. Yeah. yeah, except when it did. Hey, Kyle and Josh were both losing their hair. No shock since the dreaded male pattern baldness gene ran in their families. But the way they dealt with their hair loss could not have been different. Kyle kept putting it off. Getting that hair loss treatment, losing more hair by the day. While Josh went to Keeps to learn how to keep his hair. And Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. They, they are the real deal. But with the generic versions, you're going to save a fortune like Josh did. All you need is a quick online consultation. He answered a few questions, snapped a few pics of his hair, and then a doctor evaluated everything and recommended the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for Josh. And that can happen for you, too, courtesy of our friends over at Keeps. All right? So to get you started, half off your first order right now. 
That's right, half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Keeps.com slash grow. Again, get half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. This is when our producer, Aaron, usually with a lot of help from his friends, you and the audience, uh, puts forth a series of uh, premises and positions and predictions and uh, theories. And then Todd, you and I decide, are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? No subject is off limits. However, because we are suspending uh, civil liberties right now uh, in order to save your civil liberties or something or another, right? Uh, you are not permitted right now uh, to use a hold, period. You have to take a position. Hold is out. No holds permitted. All right, we are suspending your freedom to take a hold on this show. We stipulated to that last week, right? Yeah, let's have a taste of tyranny on this show as well. It's all in vogue these days. Why not? Exactly. Unlike the mayor of Chicago, who will not let you get your hair cut, but she gets one herself because, you know, she's in the public eye and you're not. Um, It's only fair that that we foist the same tyranny upon ourselves that the rest of you are currently suffering through. So no holds allowed. Aaron. All right, we'll start with this priority. This is uh, some new uniforms from the Atlanta Falcons by Seller Hold. Here's the thing. They're not bad, but I'm going to sell. They're not bad, but what what was wrong with the old uniforms the Atlanta Falcons had? I thought they had one of the better uniforms in the NFL. How about just go back to the old, old uniforms? I thought the old, old ones were really cool. The the all black ones from the uh, too legit to quit era with Dion and... uh, and those guys, that those were pretty cool too. I mean, they're not bad. I just don't think they're an upgrade. I, I mean, I I don't know why you made the switch. It's not as bad. Like one, the worst uniform switch, two worst uniform switches I can think of. They're, not that the not that the, what they switched to are ugly. It's just the ones that they previously had were so pretty that you should never have switched. When BYU went to like that really deep navy blue. As opposed to those beautiful powder blues that they wore, you know, growing up watching Robbie Bosco and Jim McMahon and uh, and 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 those guys in the '80s, right? Okay, remember they switched those really dark blue ones. You're like, what are you thinking? And the Broncos did that similar too when they got rid of the orange crush shit, John Elway era, you know, Carl Mecklenburg era uniforms. Uh, they've tried to kind of modify that switch, and and they go they run that orange now back. But but the powder blue helmets with the orange those were those were awesome uniforms. Broncos and uh, and BYU those were terrible decisions to ever switch. Um, the the Falcons switch those those uniforms by themselves are not bad. I just don't see them as an upgrade over what they already had. Yeah, I totally get the ATL thing. That's more. I'm fine. I'd be fine if you want to just switch that to your thing. Yeah. I, I can, that's kind of cool, hip, modern. I like that. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know. Just why? What? What were you actually going for? I mean, guy would have rather seen something heinous and it's just like they actually went for something and missed. I don't like what were you? What is this? What's Anthony Fauci it's, think? Do we know? Um, I don't. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> maybe if maybe if one of these mannequins were a Muslim atheist, vegan, pansexual lizard person, he'd have an a, an opinion. But uh, I told you, did I not tell you? I'm out. I'm out of empathy. I'm I'm out of it. And I don't. And you know what? like hand sanitizer and breakfast cereals, my supply chain is running low. So I don't know that it's coming back next time we go to the store tomorrow. Might be a while. I'm out. All right, moving on. Constantinos Rodidas says the Major League Baseball uh, wanting to start the season as early as May in Arizona won't happen. 
Instead, the season will begin in mid-June with limited seating at first and in each team's respective stadiums. Uh, He actually adds this as context. Japan just delayed their season from April 24th to at least late May. I don't think your reasoning is uh, ridiculous, but I'm going to sell because I've already been on the record with the prediction where this is concerned and the dude code, uh, unless there's some new information, just doesn't permit me to flake out when I'm already on the record pick. So I'm already on the record predicting. I think you're going to see the Major League Baseball season in America begin Memorial Day weekend. I think I think you'll see that has a lot of um, uh, a lot of symbolism with a lot of people as well. So I think you'll see the MLB season open uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I think that's also when the movie theaters will reopen as well. And it wouldn't surprise me if admission was free that very first weekend too, to the movie theaters, not to the Major League Baseball games. Yeah, I'll I'll sell that whole Arizona thing. It won't happen not not from the baseball perspective, but from the you know, no families, basically quarantine. I mean, again, this why is, is it safe a, to play baseball in Arizona? Well, why is it safer? Mm-hmm. Well, like actual reasons versus fake reasons. Yeah. Like, which one are you? I can't tell if you're asking. I mean, could it have anything to do with the fact it, that warmer weather well, is typically okay. you, worse on respiratory that, that is, viruses? Or could that could that have anything to do with it? You think, or could it maybe? But warmer weather is also supposed to kill this thing. That's what I'm saying. Warmer weather is worse on respiratory respiratory viruses. On getting rid of them instead of exacerbating them. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Weird. Uh, Another conspiracy theory, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Chia Jesus won the Holy Potter with the Holy Pater, says... It's actually a good thing. Commencement ceremonies are being canceled and postponed. Pomp and circumstance with a six-foot gap, six gap between people would last hours, and nobody wants to grab a fake diploma dripping with hand sanitizer. I gotta sell. I, I, I gotta sell because if you're gonna give a snarky reason, you gotta give a better one. The, the right snarky reason is all of these young people were spared a 30 to 60 minute a sanctimonious, politically correct sermon of virtue signaling from some left-wing hack. To me, that's the right reason, or the better snarky reason. But beyond that, just a lot of, even though, let's face it, too many of these diplomas are worthless. And a lot of what they were taught was complete left-wing trash. That notwithstanding, though. (laughs) All right. There's a lot of people that go in. There's a lot of sacrifice that goes in to getting to that point for everybody involved. Guardians, family members, the students themselves. Um, the You can't put a price tag on that particular moment, that milestone of a moment in somebody's life. You just can't put a tag on it. I will sell, and I've got a lot of direct experience. One of my, everybody was like all hands on deck we co- we had to cover a handful of high school graduations back when I worked at the Des Moines Register, and honestly, for the large schools, it's brain numbing. You you could honestly take any large school in the area and just basically take the story you wrote the year before and change the name of the school and cut and paste. But going to cover, I covered uh, Steve's son's school and other, the, the smaller schools, the Christian schools, those graduations are amazing because there's not, not even explicitly because they're Christian, because they're smaller. They tailor those things to the small graduating class. 
they're they are special opportunities uh, let's see. Bill Kindle says the Browns win a Super Bowl before we see a coronavirus vaccine. The buy. odds of that are by. I'll yeah. buy. Yeah. If you look at the if you look at the history of of vaccines, and I think I said last week we've we've never eliminated a, va- a virus. My mistake. We did eliminate smallpox. They won't even vaccinate for that now. I don't think. Right. So, um, but it it took centuries to get there with that. Um, I, I, the odds are higher that you will see the Cleveland Browns win a Super Bowl. Then you'll see a vaccine. They just are. When you look at the history of vaccines or you'll see the Browns there faster than you'll see a vaccine. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. That's just the history of, of, of vaccines. That's just the, if you look at the, the way they operate, the way they work. Um, and then the way they don't. Yeah. The odds are much more in favor of, of the Browns getting there first. You know, I'm going to, and in, when I say odds, I mean betting odds. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. All my instincts, I'm going to change my mind. I'm not even because I agree with everything, Steve, but I, it's an important counterpoint that I I am only going to sell because you you are going to see the fever dream push for a vaccine on this like never before and a race to put something out there in a way that very easily could be rushed because of the amount of people that are sitting there and i saw more of it on social media last night i mean this is there is a religious aspect amongst people to be saved by something like this so i'm only providing that cell as an important be have your eyes open to that possibility i don't think it's as likely as my initial instinct or what steve said but i just be afraid of what may come and that along those lines and I, you know what? I could buy that rationale yeah. too. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that's creepy, that but that's definitely good rationale. Uh, this is a late edition. I don't have a screenshot. Landon says Jeffrey Epstein actually died of COVID 19. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'll it, buy. It's more likely than the crap we've been given about why he died. Yep. yep. Uh, Andrew says a church that preaches actual orthodoxy will become the scene of a Bundy style standoff when officials try to remove a congregation by force. Bonus, it'll happen in a state with a GOP governor. I could buy that. Yeah. Yeah. I could absolutely buy that. Removing them for reasons of coronavirus? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't have congregations of people larger than. Yeah, I'll buy. I'll buy. Unfortunately, I, I, I yeah. don't believe <clears throat> I, I think last night's admission, going back to what I said at the top of the show, I, I, I think that's not going to be a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be a lot of people. It just has to be some people for some people. I think that was this. That was the straw that that broke the camel's back um, that we're just going to pad death stats now. And. The more and more this goes on, and the less and less you see this at, at the hospital in your neighborhood, the less and less inclined people are going to be to just continue putting up with this. I mean, there's issues with applying for these small business administration loans. They still haven't delivered your stimulus check. There's going to be more and more people defying this. And like I said yesterday, if I was pastoring a church, I'd have it open this weekend. I'd, I'd make sure that we could accommodate all of the social or all of the um, uh, the health concerns. But, you know, 
I, I, I did that from the beginning. We just disinfected our house again the last couple of days. But we are letting our kids go back to see their grandparents. They, no one has had any symptoms or anything for well over 15 days. So we're letting them go back and see their grandparents. There's no point now in just having them sequestered forever. If, now, if one of them were to run a fever tomorrow, we wouldn't let them go for another 14 minimum days. So I, I, I'm not being, we're not being moronic. I'm just not going to panic either. If your church does go back this Sunday, and I agree with Steve, but make sure you roll tape. You, oh, yeah. You absolutely oh, need yeah. to be videotaping. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Next is from Michael, who says, Trump puts Nikki Haley in charge of economic uh, Get America Back to Work team as a lead-in to her later being vice president. It's a bit of a stretch. I could buy I that. It I makes can absolutely sense, but buy I'm, it. I'm going to sell because it makes sense, and that's why it's not going to happen. I could absolutely buy it. I think, I think when you've got Rush and other people now, I, I mean, I, I just think there's just, among his base, very little confidence in the current coronavirus task force. And who's at the helm, who's at the helm of that? Allegedly. <clears throat> Mike Pence, Pence. Mike Pence's. Yeah. So I could buy that happening. I, I think it's possible to sell on it too, but I think it's plausible. I could buy that. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, Bacon says choosing a short term benefit at the cost of a long term detriment should be known as a Fauchian bargain. Ooh, well, well done. done. Yes. That is very, very well done. That is really smart. Bye. Bye. Yep. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of wisdom in that one. Yes. Uh, let's see. Russell Erno says uh, online gaming as a spectator sport on network TV, like iRacing with NASCAR, becomes more mainstream after the Wuhan China virus madness slows down. Have you guys watched any of this? I see it on Twitter. We watch people play vi- sport, sports video games. Yeah, on on network television, apparently. No, and I'm a big sports video games guy. I'm, you know, but no, I, I don't it really, really have do much. It me. doesn't do anything for me either. Now, there's one channel on YouTube where the guy's like a college football nut, like I am, and he goes in and manually every year updates all of the rosters, and then we'll like and go through like the use the college football previews on how good these guys are. And I wish I could tell you the name of it. I'd give it to you, but I don't have. I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's like uh, SG One Gaming or something like that. But he inputs all the rosters and updates them, and and uses like updated talent ratings based on, you know, like with how good the preseason magazines or Phil Steele says you know these players are, and then like does all kinds of simulations of seasons and stuff. When I'm bored. You know, sitting around for 15 minutes, I'll look at his channel and skim through to see what the simulation had for a record of a team. I think I watched it play out a Michigan-Penn State game once. I was bored. But I I just can't bring myself to watch other people play sports video games. I'm not that desperate. Maybe I could get there, though. Sell, 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 sell. sell. I have to believe it. No, God, no, please, no. (laughs) (laughs) Hour two is next.
live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. That's where you can get samples of this show that you can share with others. And then also don't forget, if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, there's never been a better time. First of all, we could use all of the platforms doing what we're doing here at Blaze TV. We can get right about now. But secondly, we've made it as affordable as ever. Taken $30 off the cost of your subscription. Costs now about $5 and change a month for the next year to get us everything we do, everything everybody else does as well. At blazetv.com slash dace, blazetv.com slash dace. Use the promo code Steve to get that discount. blazetv.com slash dace, promo code Steve. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, Scott McKay from the American Spectator is going to join us. He has written a column today with a, a similar viewpoint looking at uh, the coronavirus data that uh, we've expressed and theorized about here on this show. So we'll compare notes with him here at the bottom of the hour. Part two of Buy, Seller Hold brought to you by our friends over at Genesis 950. Since a lot of us now are losing our jobs. Um, and don't have the discretionary income to get the new carpeting this spring we were planning on. And that's assuming you can get somebody to come into your home and actually lay the carpet for you. All right. Uh, now's a great time. If you're still struggling with those pet stains and odors to give Genesis 950 a try. It's an amazing stain and odor remover. And it's made in America as well. It breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so that they are gone for good. And it's antibacterial component removes pet stains and odors from not just the carpet, but the padding because that's that's the the stubborn little cuss that even when the carpeting looks great, you still can kind of smell the residue of the urine in there. That's because it's down in the padding, all right, where it soaks that stuff in and then you can't get rid of it. But Genesis 950 will help you do exactly that. So if you want to give Genesis 950 a try, you can use it to basically clean anything in the home. Really nice stuff. You know, the quartz and granite, the bathroom and the kitchen, the grease stains on the floor in the garage. But where it really shines is getting rid of pet stains and odors in your carpet. Go to Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com and use the promo code BLAZE to get a discount. A discount with the promo code BLAZE at Genesis950.com. Aaron. All right. We'll lead off this hour with John Endicott, who says New York City's COVID-19 problem is an indictment on large urban city design of pack and stack living, but will avoid the scrutiny that small towns and flood zones or near fault lines face after natural disasters. Uh, bet. Count on it. Absolute buy. Yeah. Absolute buy. That, that, that it's, I don't know that it's the main factor, but it certainly is one. We've, we've already laid out for you before. The living conditions in New York City are unique, really, in all of America. But um, the disdain that happens when somebody gets flooded out in Iowa, some tornado takes out some town in Oklahoma and Kansas. Well, why you live in Tornado Alley and why would you build in a flood zone? Or some hurricane comes along the shoreline in Florida and takes away your retirement home or whatever, your, 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 you know, your snowbird cottage, whatever. That level of disdain, you, you will not be permitted to show it the other way. That bet. That's, an, that's a metaphysical certitude. Bye. The answer to this question is with many problems in America. Do we talk about the fundamental issue of fathers not being in the home? So there's your answer. 
Uh, moving on to Aaron Riali, who says, Fauci Jesus Saves is the weirdest cult ever as it allows people to simultaneously hate Orange Man and blindly love Orange Man's Herald of Doom, which causes the strangest of ideological meltdowns. Yeah, I'll buy that. It is weird. It, it, it is weird. It, it does prove Shakespeare's axiom that politics makes for strange bedfellows. Yet again, I mean, this is, this is, truly, a, a, this is truly a bipartisan cult. Truly. Um, I think it's certainly more, I, I think the admission is certainly more on the left in America, but it's, it's not like some 80-20 proposition. It's maybe more like 60-40. There's, there's definitely some uh, Pope Fauci the wise acolytes uh, among the, 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 the righty blue checkmark brigade as well. So I, I will buy that. And what you're really seeing is how much, what, here's what it shows you. And, you know, we're coming up on Good Friday here in a couple of days. It's Holy Week. We had Palm Sunday last Sunday, Easter, Resurrection Sunday coming up this weekend. If, if you want to gain confidence uh, or, or something positive from how quickly the cult of Fauci emerged and, and how bipartisan and asymmetrical demographically it is, because it, it cuts wide here's what it shows you how desperately this world is calling out and crying out for a messiah how desperately this world and this country is calling out for a savior and if you can take any solace from that that's the best that i can offer you it's funny this is like the third time today i don't argue with any of that but i am going to sell only because in contrast to trump fauci is like the dream antidote of of secular progressives uh, he like, like the the government expert the the science guy the 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 media that he he clearly enjoys mugging uh for the media i mean he's he's finding reasons to put himself uh on tv in front of the uh tappers of the world so they can all virtue uh signal together i mean i i it's fascinating to watch that that level of and for the same reasons that level of messiah desire he's just answering all of their uh, th- their rationales for for seeking utopia and to the defiance of I mean I just had this experience on social media last night where a post without comment about the guy we talked about yesterday and I can't remember his name it's the the, the ex Alex Berenson Alex Berenson the no old the, no the other the the, the the he's got like Newt or you know, oh Newt Witkowski oh yeah. Newt yeah. Witkowski from Rockefeller College yeah and and the, the reaction to that was oh well, that's just nonsense I think I'm going to trust the experts. The guy's an expert. Mm-hmm. You're free to disagree with him, mm-hmm. but you have so latched on to the idol of what you view. Idol is as, the right word. A, a, as an expert. It's the perfect package. So that's why I'm selling. I mean, he he is just it's it's what it's what comes first the chicken or the egg you know the the fact that progressivism so desired somebody like fauci which is why fauci can be so powerful now and drag them around by the neck it's well said uh, bear nj says david french writes a new column that the price of liberty is all drag queens must now wear masks and gloves while grinding in front of little children in libraries you guys, 
You guys are good. All the buys. Can you stop being this good? All the buys. I, I mean, I think the last thing America needs right now is another unemployment claim or three. Can you can you stop? Don't be this good. Okay. Right now, I feel can, like that painting, instead of Donald Trump, it's me, and there's that image of Jesus behind him hugging him. That's how I feel after that. Thank you. Indeed. I'm blessed. Indeed. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's self-evident, man. Mm-hmm. That's a self-evident buy. Yeah. Yes. That's um, all the buys. Every buy. Yes. Uh, Paul Howard says, America needs a shot of testosterone for American men more than it needs a vaccine for COVID-19. Bye. Oh, by that. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. I, yeah, I almost feel guilty buying that, you know? That, that, that is such pandering to this show. Thank you for it. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Uh, speaking of pandering, uh, Biscuit says this year's theme, Assume You're Being Lied To, is the most providential theme ever. Oh, did We may never do another theme. I mean, if, I mean. How could we have known? How could we have known at this level? We may never do another one. I, I don't, for fear of who is listening, right? I mean, I, I. Yeah, now, now you, you've, you'd have to go full Harold Camping on some level after this. Just be... You, you, or yeah. full Creflo Dollar. I named it and claimed it. <laughs> Why doesn't it work? <laughs> All right, here's our new theme for this year. Back to work, America. That's our new theme. Does it work? Is it, am I doing this right? Is that how it works? Show theme for 2020. Back to work, America. Back to normal. Return to normalcy. That's our new theme. I'm fine with that. Think still, so by next week, this thing is cooking again, right? Yeah. yeah. I, let's just, let's, Why something it, with cock in it next year. Something yeah. with cock. <laughs> How come it's always the bad stuff? I need to stop making negative predictions. Have you noticed that those are always the ones I'm the right about? I'm, uh, those are always the ones I'm right about. Have you noticed that? Yeah. But- the worse, the worse, the result of my prediction will will be the more accurate it usually turns out that's what prophesying is all about what do you think ezekiel and jeremiah were running around doing i just i i just want to take my kids to disney world later this year man that's that's really all i want to i love people people online who rip on us they think that's the only reason we come in and do the show so we can go to disney world (laughs) that's why we're so it's amazing. Yes. Uh, Jacob Arthur has a list for us. Top five hot sauces by flavor profile, not heat. Uh, he says number five is Tabasco. Number four is Frank's Red Hot. Number three is Texas Pete. Number two, Sriracha. Number one is Cholula. I reverse that, basically. I Tabasco is your favorite? Uh, Tabasco and Frank's are interchangeable, but they those two need to be one and two in the Sriracha. I like all of those, but sir. I like sriracha a lot. Here's the thing with me is even though I'm Sicilian, I'm for whatever reason I don't have a huge hot flavoring um, um, appetite. Appetite. Thank you. I, fetish wasn't the right word. I was just trying to come up with another one. And you did it for no, me. Thank it wasn't. you. Okay. Um, no. Now here's because here's the thing. I I love Tabasco sauce. I love the flavor of it. Like a little bit of in your scrambled eggs. Yes. I can't digest it for whatever reason. Makes me sick. So I can't eat it. Um, sriracha I like, but I'm not like a real big make it hot guy. I like I like savory. I like some like some kick to it. Like I love jalapeno flavored things. 
you know, but if I, if there's too much actual jalapeno in there itself, I can't, you know, like jalapeno, lime, tortilla chips. I love those. Get the right amount of, you know, of, 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 of sweet there with that, with that kick. I like the combination of that, but I'm just not a big, um, make it hot guy. Not my thing. All right. Uh, moving on. Chuck Gregory says the first release of a summer movie blockbuster in movie theaters will be Mulan rescheduled for July 24th. I'm going to sell. I think it'll be earlier than that. I think it'll be earlier than that. May not Is be that much. the right movie, though? It, Regardless of the time, It could be because it's, it's already done, could be moved at any particular point in time. What could but, possibly go before it? Like, what are we waiting on? Well, Wonder Woman, which was moved to August, has been done. That movie's been done for a year. Uh, they've moved Black Widow to November. I don't see them moving it back now simply because they had to shut down. The The Marvel Cinematic Universe is unique here in that this is the trade-off of, of an interchangeable um, cinematic universe. You, you cannot avoid a, a chain reaction then. If, if one thing is down, then that's going to affect virtually every other project, television, and that you're working on because they all are interconnected, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I think the die is cast with the MCU that you won't see anything until November with Black Widow. But a lot of these other things are, have been well done for well over a year. Uh, you can the, Disney can move Jungle Cruise in there and all kinds of other stuff that could be moved in there just as easily as, the, as these things were moved out. Because here's the other thing to keep in mind too is the second largest theater chain in America is AMC Theaters. And they don't have any liquidity to just to, stay, to to hold out on this. And if you are, I mean, you can make you can you can make all the blockbusters you want, but if there's suddenly you were you were counting if you're Disney and you were counting on Mulan making you three hundred and fifty million dollars on on six thousand movie screens this year, and there's only thirty, but there, now there's only thirty five hundred movie screens. You could sell every one of those showings out. You're not going to, okay? You're just not. But you could sell all those showings out, and if you lose the 2,000 movie screens or whatever it is that AMC Theaters owns, you're not gonna, you won't make the money back on it. You won't. It'll cut down on your, because here's the other thing. Tell me, tell me what other company is liquid enough right now that they could just swoop in and grab all of AMC Theaters if they were to, if they were to go under. Is anybody else that there, uh, Regal, I think, which is the biggest one, might be big enough or, or, or the Cinemarks. They might be able to keep their own shops open and liquid while these are they're not doing any business. But do you think they're sitting around with the excess capital? They could just swoop in and buy up another company of that magnitude? Probably not. I'm told reliably on Twitter, Steve, you can just shut down the economy and you it's going it. right up. Yeah. I'm told this can happen. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. Well, Steve, they're not paying for all those employees, but they're paying for all of those buildings. Okay? They're paying for all of that brick and mortar that every one of their screens and every one of their movie houses around the country, they're still paying that mortgage. They're still paying that rent. They're still paying that lease. So they're still play, paying for all of that brick and mortar. And not bringing in the money, you're not liquid. So if you if you get rid of the 2,000 screens or whatever it is that AMC has, I think it's 1,700 to 2,000, that has reverberations for the entire motion picture industry. Because the fewer screens you're on, the less money you're going to make. Right? That's just, that's just the reality of it. So I, I think... I think there's a lot of potential forces at work here that just as you see a unique 
political cult forming around Anthony Fauci, you could see a unique polit- counter-political movement forming around, uh, hey, this was great for a while, bro, but, uh, you know, romance without finance is a nuisance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That you could find Hollywood and the Steve Dace, Daniel Horowitz, Jordan Schachtel, Jesse Kelly brigade on the same side on something that you would have never envisioned yeah, yeah. because I mean, you lose a movie chain like that and there's not another company waiting to come in to keep all those shops and screens open. That's hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of sunk cost. You have to eat on top of all of the losses you're taking for being closed right now that's that's cataclysmic and is what that is yeah i could i mean the lay of the land moving forward i could see can you first of all can you imagine the conversations that happened when disney started floating out you know direct release mm-hmm. the movie theater's like oh now wait a second here yep. i mean that was a stress test but for this relationship but they can't afford to do it with a movie like black widow they spent 200 million dollars making that movie between promotion licensing marketing and then the production and everything else disney, uh, disney plus is not available in china which is the number two movie uh market in the world next to the united states there's no way it's impossible for Disney to even break even on that movie if they release it on Disney Plus. They couldn't possibly break even. They couldn't penetrate. They couldn't get enough market penetration of new subs to do it. They couldn't. That's why they moved it back because they would they would lose all kinds of money on it. Well, now factor that in for all kinds of other big budget movies like this. I could see movie theaters though. A lot of the older ones shutting down and movie theaters becoming more of a. Uh, a destination just these gigantic megaplexes with other things to do yep, you're seeing and it now you not yep. i mean because really right now, right now you've got great movie theaters just like popping up all over the place and i think some of that may we may drift away from that and you might have to drive a half hour instead of 10 minutes to I get to the theater I mean, we're, we, we, listen we're in a second tier market Meaning we're, we used to be a test market. So we used to get stuff like this that, that the top markets would get. We'd get it too in Des Moines, but we're not a test market for this stuff anymore. So now we're in what they call a sec, we're, we're in a second tier market. So we get movies that, you know, the limited releases after New York, Chicago and LA and Minneapolis and stuff gets them. But um, even in our second tier market, we have built several movie houses like what you're talking about. That Recently. Are, that are bowling alleys and shopping centers and everything else because of what you're mm-hmm. describing. Yeah. All right, Nathan Cota says, like how the depression caused people to move to concentrated population areas for jobs, social distancing, online learning, and working from home due to COVID-19 will facilitate people moving to rural areas and eventually decrease the number of major metropolitan areas. Um, sell. There's, there, I think there's, you're, you're making a logical assumption, Okay. But those previous generations understood that there were certain things in life they never could, that they, that, that could not be moved. So they would have to move for, you know what I'm saying? So, so they had to accept certain things. Um, the, the kinds of people that, that have jobs where they can work from home and live in these major urban areas 
many of them have a worldview that doesn't acknowledge that. That's why they're sitting around thinking they can just push pause on the economy and wait for a glorious vaccine to appear on their doorstep to save them right now. So I don't, that could, I could see some of them making a move like that, but it is such a part of the world, their, their base worldview that utopia is achievable, that there's just, we don't have to East of Eden because they don't believe in East of Eden. So they don't understand that sometimes East of Eden, you just have to take the L, right? Sometimes you just have to take the L there. You, there's nothing you can do about it. Everyone dies. There's nothing is perfect. We live in a fallen world. You cannot, at some point, you have to just take an L in life. They don't believe in that. And I, I don't, I, I don't see somebody who, like in our own, even, even here in Des Moines, I don't see some progressive Aaron's age who is living at the East Village for a way too small apartment that cost him way more money than it, than he should be paying out of his own pocket while he's putting off getting married and having kids and growing up, right? I can't see that guy believing that the way that he should respond to this is, you know, I wonder what life is like in Ackley, Iowa. I, I don't, I, I can, 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 can Mediacom lay fiber, fiber optic for me in, uh, in, and, and, and panorama, I don't see that person doing that. I see that person doing the exact opposite, which is um, uh, what we're doing with our data. Instead of instead of the instead of the simulations acknowledging the data, we force the data to acknowledge the simulations. We just start padding the stats of deaths. Right? That kind of worldview does that. That kind of worldview says, well, you're just going to give me what I want because they already told me that I can have sex with whoever I want. I can be whatever gender I want. I don't, I don't have to accept certain things that are beyond my grasp. Your job is to put them in my grasp. Yeah, the group within that cohort that Steve's talking about has actually pre-coronavirus kind of already self-selected. There's kind of a a libertarian, progressive, younger, live organic, live more. So that exists, but it's I, they've already kind of pulled themselves out of the flock. And I don't think there's going to be a great uh, movement beyond that. And also, like 20 years ago, great anthropologist I knew, mm-hmm. uh, older guy. He's from Europe. He was no conservative, but he talked about people want to live in the cage mm-hmm. they desire it they need it they're not going to pull away because of this can i go back to our very first question that we got this week on uh in, the falcons uh, on the on the uniforms yeah uh kenneth johnson in pennsylvania he reminded me of an even worse uniform switch now i didn't think about this because this is like their supplemental third uniform but tennessee's smoky grays as opposed to those beautiful bright orange and white unis that are iconic. That is a terrible look. Now I understand it's got some historical significance and stuff in the, in, in the state, which is why I won't dog, I won't, uh, you know, bag on it too much, but that's a bad downgrade. Thank you for noting that Kenneth. Appreciate that. Thank you. All righty. John Hensley says America needs one governor of a closed state to, to defy Fauci Burks and reopen with common sense guidelines. That's not going to happen, though. I, the, here's the thing. I think the first thing that has to happen is the president needs to take the... See, see all these governors... See, what's happened here? You know what? I'll just tell you. What's happened here is you are in a national lockdown. The governors have agreed to enforce it on a state level in order 
to avoid Trump having to be a president that, that is accused of being the first to declare martial law. Unless you account for Lincoln suspending habeas corpus and stuff like that in the Civil War. In exchange, Trump's out there every day having these press conferences with his coronavirus task force team, laying out these guidelines. They provide political cover for the governors because he's now his administration is is the point person from a from a, a a symbolic standpoint. And whether this was intentional or not, that they planned it out politically, I don't know the answer to that. But regardless, it's the effective outcome of, of what of the symbiotic relationship here that has occurred. The Trump team takes the lead in national messaging. And so all the heat goes on them. The heat goes off the governors who institute the lockdown, but then they save the Trump team from having to look like they declared martial law in the 21st century. And so in order to break through that, one, one governor won't be able to do it, I don't believe. Your president has to do it first. You're, you're pre- because the whole rest of the system is going to look at that other governor and the way that they look at um, that one guy in your state legislature that you really like, but none of the rest of the Republicans do for all the reasons that you like him. Okay. That's how they would look at the one governor you're talking about. The leadership here is going to have to come from the president. He is going to have to signal that he is no longer going to be um, a deflecting agent, a human shield for the governors that keep your states in lockdown. He has to use his bully pulpit to say, return to normalcy. That is the first major step that must occur here. I don't see another way out. Well, (laughs) there's another way out. Like a massive march of people on Washington, D.C. demanding their way of life back. Okay? Um, But barring some uprising from the people of that magnitude, then you have to get the president you elected. He has to show that he is no longer now going to provide this political cover for these governors. And that it's time for America to get back to being America again. Uh, Todd, you want to say anything? I, I, I'm going to buy that it has to happen. And I think it will happen. Trump is actually signaling all the time. We need to open up again. We need to open up again. The governors are doing great. It's their job to make their decisions. I, I think Trump will, will be, is begging some governors uh, to do this so that he doesn't feel out there alone on this. And some governors do have to do it. This is a republic, after all. They do have to do this. They need to lead on this. Uh, let's see. Matt Within is trying to sow discord here. That's my commentary. Uh, he says, your hermeneutics will determine your view of eschatology. Your eschatology shapes your ecclesiology. These, in turn, will color the way you interpret the Bible. But all three should be Christ-centered. Buy on that last part, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's... I don't know if it is precise but i think it's largely correct so i will buy meaning that there's there could be outliers within there you could have a certain hermeneutical position on something that doesn't completely align with the rest of the flow chart that uh, that you've laid out there but by and large i think there's a lot of things that are correct about it like you don't in the on the protestant side you don't run into too many premillennial like calvinists okay you don't run into, you know, uh, too many, um, uh, you know, dispensationalist Calvinists. Typically, the more Calvinistic you are on that 
on your soterology, the, mo- the more amil or post mil you are on your eschatology. And the more Arminian you are on your soterology, uh, the more pre mil and dispensational you are on your eschatology. So I, 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 but again, the key word there is typical. Human beings are not algorithms or formulas, but typically I think there's a lot of truth to that. I'm Catholic. <laughs> uh, Trent Johnson says balsamic vinegar is better on cheese pizza than Parmesan cheese or red pepper flakes. Let, let me take this first. I love balsamic vinegar. I love vinegar. I, I love apple cider vinegar. I drink it by itself every morning. But you're, this is insanity. This is this, I, is, yeah, this is this is this is deranged. This is this is COVID nineteen patient zero. <laughs> Agreed. And I like balsamic vinegar is one of my favorite dressings. When I go to the Palmer's Deli to get my salad, it's usually the one that I get. Okay. Um, but no, I don't want it on my pizza. It's Todd is correct. It's deranged. I don't, yes. I don't understand that. Uh, that's it for buy, sell, or hold. Oh, good timing because we're out of time anyway. All right. Scott McKay from the American Spectator is going to join us next. He's got a piece out today that is, is drawing some similar conclusions to what we've been theorizing about here on this show. So we're going to compare notes when we come back here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. Scott McKay is a columnist, contributor for The American Spectator. He joins us now here on Blaze TV radio and podcast about the piece he has out here earlier today, Chinese lies and the coronavirus curve, which happens to mention a couple of the theories that are the main theory that we have posited here on our show, looking at the data as well. Scott, it's good to have you with us here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. How are you? Good, good, real good. So tell me, the audience knows why I've come to the conclusion I have which is, I, I don't think it's a hoax. I think it's actually the exact opposite. I think it's far worse than is being reported. Um, I think it's killed far more than the 12,757 that it, the number was at, at 8 o'clock Eastern this morning. I think we have had far more infected than the few hundred thousand that we have identified out of about the 2 million we've tested so far. Um, and when I started positing this theory, I got, I've, I've gotten hundreds of emails from around the country. From people who are like, I had these kinds of symptoms in January, February. They wouldn't go away. Nobody knew what to do with them, or somebody I cared about did, et cetera. All right, but but and and the main hole in my theory always was, well, what about what's happening like in New York right now? Until we just found out that uh, at least forty thousand people have gone back and forth from China uh, since the president attempted to institute a travel ban back on January the thirty first. So that would certainly explain those spikes. I think it would also. My theory that I've been positing explain why the simulations have all been wrong. They've all started from the, a flawed baseline to begin with. But but as you were looking at this, why why did you come to some of these conclusions uh, that 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 are similar to what we've talked about on this show, Scott? Well, I'm down here in Louisiana. I'm in Baton Rouge, uh, but uh, grew up in New Orleans, and I've got lots of friends there. And um, in New Orleans, starting around Thanksgiving and leading all the way up to Mardi Gras, which has become a, a big sort of flashpoint of controversy, um, everybody had this or they had something like this. They had, you know, a cough. They had a fever. It wouldn't go away. Um, and, you know, people would go and get tested for the flu and they were, they, they were negative for the flu. Um, and so when the whole coronavirus thing came around, you had all these people like, well, I had that. I mean, I had, 
you know, all of those symptoms and, you know, it went away and it wasn't that big a deal. Um, I have not dug into all of the numbers from whether the state of Louisiana or nationally or whatever on the pneumonia deaths this winter. My guess is you had a ton of people misdiagnosed with either the flu or pneumonia or what have you. And, um, you know, now there are coronavirus people and the pneumonia numbers are way down. It, it fits. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with you that this thing is far worse than they're making it out to be. I think that the infections are far more than this thing is made out to be. But without comorbidities and serious health problems, this thing is not as uh, severe a virus as the way it's been set up. Um, I think the death rate is larger than the flu, obviously, but to shut the nation's economy down, I don't really think that's true. And of course, I think you've noticed this as well. Yesterday, Dr. Burks uh, came out and said that everybody who's got the coronavirus and then dies is put down as a coronavirus death. Um, that's not good because that doesn't give you accurate numbers of what kind of effect this thing actually has uh, on whether it's the healthcare system or society in general. And when you combine that with the multiple trillions of dollars that have been lost since we shut down the economy and the effect of that on healthcare outcomes, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, the cure really turns out to be much worse than the disease when you start looking at what is a real coronavirus death toll here, which may be a couple thousand people, three or 4,000 people and not 12. Um, you would never shut the economy down for those kinds of numbers. I don't know that you would shut it down for 12,000. Um, you know, you start really kind of assigning value to lives, which you don't want to do. But I mean, my goodness, there are large businesses that are closing their doors and are not going to come back. Well, that's I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, even while thinking it's more serious because I think it was already baked into the cake. It, we, we let it in. There was nothing we could do. Um, we, we were above the epidemic line for pneumonia numerous times in January and February, according to CDC. And now all of a sudden they're telling us pneumonia deaths have plummeted. OK, well, gee, I wonder why that's the case. OK, yeah, no, I, th I mean, I think that's definitely I, I don't even know that that's arguable anymore, whether the yeah. numbers yeah. granularity comes in to, right. to, to prove it. I think pretty much everybody ought to be able to accept that that's the case. And since and since it was already here, the entire flu and pneumonia season, I, I if if that's if that's accurate, if my if that theory is accurate, then then these shutdowns were always unnecessary for the most part. There was nothing well, we could do about it. And all we did was inflict un, un, incalculable damage to our own way of life by going down the road that we've gone down here for the last month. Right. Well, and you, you could take two different routes on this once you accept that. Number one is you can really hammer away at American politicians for acting like chickens with their heads cut off and buying into media hysteria that ultimately was not all that warranted. And I, I think there's a lot of validity to that. But the other piece um, that needs to be brought into this. And, and I, I focused on a little bit in the American Spectator uh, column that, that appeared today is this is on China. For two months, the Chinese lied to us about this virus and our ability to mitigate it through testing and quarantining of people who were vectors for it and all the rest was lost because an, on an average month, just under 600,000 Chinese people traveled to the United States 
you know, as a matter of course. And for two or three or maybe even four months, this was going on in China and they were not fessing up to it. They were not honest about it. There was no restriction on travel from China. And really, when Trump did that late January, that was considered racist and Mm -hmm. controversial Mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, But, you know, I mean, the, the horse was already out of the barn by then. Had we had the opportunity to properly address this, which might have been in November or December rather than January, we would have beaten this thing already. And there would have been trillions of dollars that wouldn't have been lost. Um, And, you know, I I think that this is something that, you know, Boris Johnson, before he, you know, got sick with this thing and ended up in intensive care, uh, said that there was going to be a reckoning with China over the course of, you know, what has happened here. And I think that's exactly 100 percent correct. I think that the reckoning has got to come. And I think the Chinese have got to be held to account for the fact that they completely lied to us not just to the United States, to everybody else in the world who has had to deal with this. And the lost lives, the lost fortunes, the lost livelihoods, the lost tax revenue to governments and so on and so forth, all of that is on China. Um, and it's not racist to say so either, which is, which is something else that I think is, is really obnoxious about you know, this entire experience. What kind of reaction have you gotten? since uh, positing this theory in your latest column over at American Spectator? So far, it seems like everybody agrees. You know, the, 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 the problem with this is the fact that this thing was out there is everybody knows somebody who had these symptoms back in December or January. Everybody does. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I might have had that, right? I mean, you know, so the fact is, and maybe there's another virus that's not the, this particular thing that had similar symptoms, wasn't as serious, and maybe we're, you know, maybe we're all wrong and we're all wet about that. But when you know everybody knows someone who had these symptoms, and then this theory comes along, it kind of clicks with a lot of folks. And so, you know, I'm not claiming claiming to be an epi- epidemiologist, and I'm not claiming that this is a scientific theory. But it is common sense, and it does seem to add up with a lot of people who, you know, from their personal experience, have had, um, you know, similar uh, uh, stories to tell. So, final it's things. Mostly positive at this point. Final thing I want to ask you about, Scott, is to me, what I where I think we're stuck is how to get out of this, because it, 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 in a month we're already in this place that it took about ten years to get to in Afghanistan which is we can't ever leave because we would lose, but then the same people who demand this can't define for me what is a win, all right? So we just have to keep doing it over and over and over again. And like, I don't know if the president came out tomorrow and said, all right, enough is enough. There's, there are plenty of Democratic governors who would be posturing for future political office who know that in states like California, a lot of their voters hate the president so much, they'd be fine having a depression of their state and just blaming him for it later. Or, or, or you'd see Republican mayors and governors. Um, I think big government people in both parties leveraging this for even more bailout print money uh, to bail their states out and hemming and hawing about can I reopen, can I not? Okay, there's so much political balkanization. I think I think within our audience, Fauci and, and increasingly Burks, but especially Fauci, has lost a lot of trust from people in the audience we have here at the Blaze, um, and I certainly see it on conservative Twitter. So I, I I I don't who who is the authority here 
to tell us we can't trust the WHO like in the first SARS when they said in May Toronto was okay and then in June and July Hong Kong was and then Taiwan. Who is the authority that when they say all clear, we all look at each other and say, all right, America, who is that, Scott? Um, well, at this point, I don't really know if there's anybody in authority that you can trust. Um, I, I sense that Trump himself is chafing at this and really wants to try to get the economy back to work. Um, he has kind of stuck himself out on a ledge a little bit, like when he said, hey, let's get everybody back to work uh, for Easter. And he got his head bitten off for that. Um, I think that Trump is a guy who probably will push in the right direction. But, you know, my answer, we've had this conversation with a few different people. My answer is, you know, it's the old Beastie Boys song. You got to fight for your right to party. Right. <laughs> um, and, and really, I think this is going to come from the American people. Uh, it's going to have to come from us. It's going to have to be folks saying enough is enough. Um, you know, there's a pastor down here in Baton Rouge. His name is Tony Spell, and he has not stopped holding church services every Sunday and Tuesday. And the, the local authorities are absolutely driven mad with rage over the fact that this guy is just not paying attention. And, uh, you know, he's got 1,100 people showing up at his church. Um, and everybody wants to kill Tony Spell because he's such a dangerous man. Uh, I think in another week or two, Tony Spell's going to be a folk hero. Because people go, you know what, I'm done and I'm going back to work or I'm going to go do something. And you're going to start to see people opening up their shops or, you know, a restaurant or a bar and let the cops come and give everybody give everybody a ticket. And then let's bring in the constitutional lawyers and let's go have that fight. I think that's going to happen. And it needs to, because at the end of the day, politicians are driven by fear. That's why so many of them use fear as part of their their, you know, their daily rhetoric is because they're terrified of bad poll numbers or getting you know bad notices on social media or on talk radio or whatever. They're, they're terrified of people making them out to be the bad guy. And when they start sensing that the winds are shifting on this deal, you will see politicians scrambling to try to get everybody back to work. I think that you know if you're what you're looking for is leadership, you're gonna have to lead because we already know that these guys don't have what it takes. Scott McKay, he's a columnist contributor with the American Spectator. You can read his piece today, Chinese Lies and the Coronavirus Curve, which cites yours truly. Scott, it's a pleasure having you with us today on Blaze TV. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Steve. You bet. Riduzone wants to give you a reality check because um, it's getting tougher uh, to hold on uh, to your willpower. We're home all day more and more often. We're grazing more and more often. We're more docile and sedentary than we were before. And that's where you've got to get those cravings and portion sizes under control. And Riduzone can help you with that. It's the only FDA accepted product that includes OEA, the naturally occurring molecule that helps you to feel full faster, burn stored fat, and therefore also reduce your calorie intake. If you want to give Riduzone a shot, you can only get it on their website at riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. And if you go there today and use my name, Steve, as a promo code, you'll get up to 65% off of your order. That's an incredible discount, up to 65% off, plus free shipping. They'll throw that in as well. Free shipping and up to 65% off when you go to riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, promo code Steve. Gentlemen, reaction to the conversation we just had with Scott McKay from the American Spectator. 
Well, uh, there isn't any one place that the leadership is going to come from. It might come from a predictable place, but it might come from this confluence of strange bedfellows, Steve, that you talked about, and they just are kind of looking around to see who their wingmen are going to be because there's just different things happening every single day that make people who have instincts to get things going again but i just while we're talking here i just got uh an email about uh, all of the university of wisconsin badger sports camps for the entire summer no matter what the sport they're all canceled now mm-hmm. you know my daughter is now going not not just because she loves soccer now she's in she's actually a d1 recruit at wisconsin and that's not open so i'm just People of all kinds are getting different little information like that. Like the whole summer is wiped out. After they just had how many people out there voting yesterday? Exactly. So that's what people, the tug of war on people's souls that don't really, they're drunk one way or the other, but they're constantly drinking this from a fire hose. And so we really can't know what the tipping point in terms of leadership is going to be. It might be predictable. I mean, obviously the president doing something is the huge 400 pound gorilla in the room, but it might be this combination of of uh, governors that we never would have uh, envisioned agreeing on anything but coming together. I mean, even now you see on day to day, does Cuomo and even the governor of um, uh, Newsom, some days they're ripping on Trump, some days they're saying, wow, Trump's been great. He's been, so you just I mean, don't y- know. Y- 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 Gavin Newsom came out and I mean, his state doesn't have a massive coronavirus right. pop- problem when you look at the population of their state. They're sending ventilators yeah. away. Yeah. And so in, in in, in 24 hours, he came out after Trump did the call, the, the conference call with all the major sports commissioners in the, in the country and said that he absolutely envisions you'll be able to go and watch an NFL game this, this September on time in the stands, the way things are trending now. He came out in like 10 minutes after that and said, I have a hard time believing that's going to occur. And then the very next day announced he was sending away at least 500 ventilators that the state doesn't need anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. That's... That this is why the president made a massive tactical error, in my view, and and hammering down the thirty days. If he wasn't ready to open up, then just do it week by week. But when you gave when you gave political hacks thirty days of cover to to pull that level of of horse horse bleep that is self contradictory. Well, we we don't need the ventilators right now, but we, you might not be safe to go out the L A Coliseum and watch the Rams play well, the in ninety five degree yeah. heat on Labor Day weekend. And the way he did it too, he went from Easter resurrection to thirty day lockdown. Yes. It just panicked people. Yeah, and he he handed away the leverage Correct. that he had. He needs to reclaim it, in my view. All right, we're gonna stick around and do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of y'all. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.